Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Yes, my friends, you are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, questions, comments. There's lots of things happening out there. You can send those to me, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. And I'll even accept adoration and praise, folks. It is a good, good thing to be here today. And... You know, let's get started by talking here about, I guess, two things. We got Biden out there doing what only Biden can do, uh, making some remarks. Although he's not done a an official press conference yet, also don't know exactly when he's going to do the State of the Union address. <laughs> They're going to wait until. Do you see this? I saw this last night in Fox. Biden won't deliver. Biden won't deliver State of the Union address to Congress until after vote on the coronavirus bill, uh, bill, according to Jen Psaki, who probably circled back to that. She probably circled back to that to let us know that, hey, Joe Biden is going, he is going to give a State of the Union address, which is shocking at this point, uh, once the stimulus package is actually actually passed. Did you see also that Ron Johnson, senator from the state of Wisconsin, he is out there um, saying that he is going to force this bill to be read in its entirety, 600 pages, 600 pages of this bill be read before, before the Senate. Now, this has upset the left. This has upset the left because they say this is a tactic. This is a stall tactic. This is designed to hurt the American, the average American, who there, by the way, according to the way that they frame this, they're just trying to help save Americans, save them financially. Of course, they think of themselves as the savior, which to which I say we've already got a savior. We don't need government to do that. We just need government to govern. How about that? But... They say that this is necessary, this COVID relief package, as they've been calling it, although only, what is it, 1% goes towards vaccine distribution and 9% of the bill goes to health care, according to reports. And they're calling this um, a bill that's designed to be, you know, to help the average American get through these difficult times by COVID. They, they want credit for this. They want credit for they want credit for uh well everything right they want credit for the vaccine as well which biden acts as though there wasn't a vaccine in fact i think he said he didn't even have any there was no vaccine plan or anything prior to prior to his taking his taking office so they want credit for all this so they want to go on record and give out more money. But really what they want to do, 
really what they want to do is make sure make sure that they get these all this additional funding to these other groups and individuals and so well to or to their pet projects I should say so Ron Johnson senator from the state of Wisconsin says then let's prove what's in this bill let's read it from the Senate floor and they are freaking out about this now a couple of things the average american does not tune in and watch this stuff. The average American is not going to be watching this take place in the Senate, right? The average American is not going to be glued to his or her TV watching this 600-page bill be read from the Senate floor. And to be honest, be completely candid, I should say, um, a lot of this bill is not going to make sense to the average person anyway because there's so much... I don't know, just any piece of legislation. It's not necessarily always written in a way that the average American is going to consume and understand what it is, although they can certainly, you know, pick up, pick up things. I don't mean to say that. It's just the way bills are written is not, it's it's not the most enjoyable reading. And it's definitely not fun to hear someone else read it, read it to you. So Ron Johnson says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to expose this. They say 10 10 hours is the estimated amount of time it's going to take to read this bill. 10 hours. For a six, what is it, 600-page, six to 700-page bill. 10 hours makes you wonder how long, how long would the Obamacare bill have taken to read? Wasn't it close to 3,000 pages? By math, that's 50. Would it have taken 50 hours for that thing to pass had they done this? What's so offensive about this? Why is this a tactic? Why is this a delay? Isn't this isn't this transparency? Isn't this what the Democrats tell us that they want? Don't they want people to know what's in these bills? Are they content having the Nancy Pelosi ideology philosophy in there that says in order to understand what's in the bill, we got to pass the bill, which makes sense only to Nancy Pelosi. That doesn't even make sense to the average liberal. And yes, she really did say that. We have to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Reminds me of John Kerry, who voted for it before he voted against it. Not that bill, but something else when he was senator from the state of Massachusetts years ago. That's what he said during the presidential campaign. Well, I, had to, I voted for it before, before I voted against it, as though that was some sort of a, I don't know, some sort of a noble act, so that you could say that you voted both for the bill and against the bill, depending upon what circumstance you were in and what you had to say and what political position you had to fight for. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we get from politicians of both sides, by the way. It seems to be just a little bit wackier and crazier, however, on the side of the left. So there's already been, it looks like, a couple of changes in the Senate uh, to the to the bill, which include who can get the, the checks. So that's it's going to have to go back to the House, so they're going to have to go to conference here or something to, to make this thing pass. And, of course, you got the issue of the minimum wage, which we've talked about the, the past couple of days. Also, interestingly enough, did you see AOC? Good old AOC never disappoints. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she was upset. She's upset about this minimum wage situation, the Senate parliamentarian taking, taking action. And she sent out to to prevent this from being put inside the minimum wage, or excuse me, the the so-called COVID relief package. 
But she's out there saying that she's she's actually praising in a tweet here Denmark and how much Denmark pays people to work at McDonald's. Here is the tweet that she wrote. It is utterly embarrassing to uh, that, quote, people that pay people enough to live, end quote, is a stance that's easy not, even up for debate. I have questions about this, but nonetheless, override the parliamentarian and raise the wage is what she says. So she just throws that in there randomly, override the parliamentarian. The parliamentarian's job, th- this is like saying, um, you know, uh, the court ruled in favor or against something. Just overrule the court. Just declare it to be so. Joe Biden, get out there, make a, you know, an edict, a decree that says that the minimum wage should now be part of this legislation. Then she goes on to say McD's workers in Denmark are paid $22 an hour plus six weeks paid vacation. $15 an hour is a deep compromise, a big one considering the phase-in. The phase-in is another thing where the, the minimum wage doesn't just jump to $15, according to the Democrats' plan here, which looks to have been derailed by the parliamentarian. But as we talked about earlier this week, I put nothing past them. I put absolutely nothing past the Democrats here as far as being able to to pull this off and to make a way where there is no way. The Republicans usually stop way short of the actual finish line. They don't fight many times. They did with Trump. Democrats will continue to manipulate the Democrat Party not the rank-and-file neighbor you have, the Democrat Party and their politicians. They'll do whatever they have to do because, again, for them, government is the solution to everything. Even though Reagan said back in the 1980s when he was running for president that, hey, government is actually the problem, which is spot-on accurate. Anyway, what she left out here from her tweet, and this is fantastic, Denmark doesn't have a nationally mandated minimum wage so her tweet (laughs) her tweet actually kind of makes the point of not having a minimum wage does it not does it not so why then why are people in denmark making 22 dollars an hour at mcdonald's why is that the case aoc well they they cite here in this fox news article that there's trade unions that um are involved but Regardless, it's not just because the government decreed it to be so. <clears throat> so so we had this whole thing going on with, with this COVID relief package. Ron Johnson, again, going to read this bill from the floor, it looks like, which ostensibly is going to at least expose some of the lunacy we see in this bill. We still have this looming fight over the... Ta- excuse me, the minimum wage increase, which the, the left is trying their, their darndest to get rammed into this thing, even though the parliamentarian, the person who is tasked with the responsibility of making sure that the Senate effectively follows its own rules, has told them, according to your own rules, you cannot put this in this legislation. And there's two responses to that. One is pass it anyway. What's the parliamentarian going to do about it? That's the Bernie Sanders approach. Kind of mockingly says she's just a a staffer here. What does she know? (laughs) It's just remarkable to me. (laughs) Remarkable to me. when, if, If Trump, when he was president, wanted to do something or Republicans wanted to do something against the rules, this would be this would be covered as though it was the greatest threat 
to our democracy in generations. Democrats are there. Ah, this person is suddenly just a suddenly just some staffer. So we got the minimum wage issue in there. We've got the you know that this thing is not still guaranteed to pass. Although it, given that this is they're using budget reconciliation here, um, my guess is that this thing is going to find a way to pass. But there's nothing wrong. And again, this is there's a little bit of politics going on here because Republicans want Democrats to be on the record for having voted for something that is in many ways insane. Many ways insane. And they're acting as though, by the way, that there's been no progress made with COVID. They're they're acting as though you, you see the reaction. See the reaction to Texas removing its mask mandate. People act like we're all going to get COVID again now. By the way, I got a soundbite from Joe Biden answering some questions about that, calling the people who are ready to do away with the mask mandates. By the way, mask mandates doesn't mean that people still can't wear masks. Mask mandates doesn't mean that people still won't be responsible for making sure that they're not in situations that might increase the likelihood of transmitting COVID. You know, it's funny to me. We hear, like California, for example, had the strictest mask mandates. The only people that could eat out in restaurants were people like Gavin Newsom and his liberal buddies. Yet they had spikes that were much greater than Texas here recently. And they had extensively, you know, very harsh, very heavy-handed policies against this thing. And when I would raise this to people that I was speaking with privately, the response is, well, you know, people don't follow the mandate. (laughs) Okay, so you want a mandate, but then if it doesn't work, you tell me people don't follow it. The mind will justify what the heart desires. Anyway, I got a soundbite to play after the break of Biden talking about that as well. But a quick timeout is in order. COVID relief. We'll see where this goes. The Democrats are wanting to pass this by March 14th, which is the day that uh, the last round of unemployment benefits, extensions, and all that sort of stuff are going to end due to COVID or due to the the previous uh, dates in the bill that was passed here uh, back in December, the last the last COVID relief bill that came when Trump was president. So that being said, a timeout is in order. Going to play this soundbite from Biden when we return. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Yesterday, Biden was asked about the mask mandates being removed by places like Texas and Mississippi. You can hear this ex- uh, this exchange here between between him and reporters. Um, listen to what he has to say about this. Message to Texas and Mississippi. Texas and Mississippi. Texas, I think it's a big mistake. Look, I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move mm-hmm. that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing 
the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime everything's fine. Take off your mask, forget it. It's Neanderthal still thinking. I carry a card, but I don't have it. I put it on my desk. As of last, as of yesterday, we had lost 511,874 Americans. We're going to lose thousands more. This will not occur. We'll not have everybody vaccinated until sometime in the summer. We have the vaccine to do it. Getting a shot in someone's arm and getting a second shot, you're going to take time. And it's critical, 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 critical that they follow the science. <laughs> Wash your hands, hot water, do it frequently. Wear a mask and stay socially distanced. And uh, I know you all know that. I wish the heck... Some of our elected officials do it. So thank you very much. And there you go. There you go. Follow the science. Wash your hands. Socially distance. Wear a mask. Now, do we need a hand-washing mandate? Do we need the government to tell us to wash our hands? Do we need that as well? Do we need a law that makes sure that at all times you are six feet away from everyone in your... Now, I, that's a little bit tempting, I know, to the left because they say, yeah, you better believe we do. And I tell you, I, I, the things I see from, from the left on this, you know, follow the science. Fauci out there talking about two masks, although I did see Biden only had one on in this, in this uh, video that I just shared a soundbite. You didn't see, of course, the video, but you heard the soundbite. He was not wearing two masks, so I guess he doesn't care about those around him. I guess the only thing I can gather from that is that he doesn't care if someone else gets the virus. You know, I, I see responses to this on social media, and I see things like, it's so selfish of you not to want to wear a mask so that you can give the virus to someone else. Deal. I, I just, folks, the people who transmit the disease, transmit the virus, are symptomatic. They're symptomatic, number one. The, the World Health Organization has told us this. In fact, the entire premise upon which this mask situation has been built is fundamentally in question at least as it pertains to just everyone doing it. and i get the i get the, the perspective that says hey people don't know if they have it maybe the symptoms are so minor okay okay I'm, I'm i'm not again i'm not saying not to wear a mask i'm just simply saying to say that the democrats here are following the science they're following the science in fact this language this language is is used kind of as a bridge. I had someone ask me this recently. I say recently. It's been maybe, I don't know, a month or two ago. Some Someone asked me if America was becoming a, a technocratic society, a society that or a, a government that's basically run by technocrats, meaning essentially that you just put a bunch of experts in there and let them make it's it's a version. It doesn't mean that you don't want anyone who's smart or knows things in, in government. That's not that's not what really technocracy is. It's really it's really more about the experts say it and you better darn well do it. You better darn well do it. And and there's a tendency um, to to say this that you know science has has spoken 
And interestingly, it always speaks on the side of the Democrats. Have you ever noticed that, that the science, when we find out the science is something, it usually find, it finds itself on the side of the Democrat policy. And that's where, uh, that's where they want it to be. That's, that's the, the, the strategy and the technique. But I find myself wondering, what if they did scientific research on free speech? They, they do research and they say, look, you're actually happier if you're not – if there's certain things you can't talk about, right? There's certain things you can't talk about. It's as though do, do you need science to tell – do you need a scientific study, which by the way is probably run by some person who believes that liberals have the answers for everything, that the technocrats among us can solve all of our problems if we just vote for them, give them more power, give them more money sort of thing. I mean – if they act as though COVID wouldn't have been a thing if President Trump wasn't in office, there wouldn't have been a coronavirus. Now, I know some of you are saying, you know, well, and you have questions about that. But the coronavirus, you know, originated in, in China, as Trump likes to remind us, the China virus, it spreads, you know, and it's, it's spread to every country. I think every single country. Now, there was a time when it hadn't hit some of the smaller, more isolated or remote countries, but I think it's hit everything now. It's been everywhere, right? What do they really think, they being the government, the left, what do they really think you could do to stop a microscopic virus from spreading um, the way that things like this spread? They didn't know anything about it at first. In fact, China, in fact, I saw a story this morning that the WHO said the the Wuhan lab told them virtually nothing when they were doing their preliminary research about the virus and were trying to get information from the the Wuhan lab where it was actually um, you know first the the area where it first started from they have no they, they didn't get any cooperation or information or not very much anyway and that's somehow Trump's Trump's fault if we had smarter people i.e. Democrats, that's what the left and the media want you to believe. If we had more people who were smart running this country, who could tell us how to live our lives, who could tell us it's not six feet, it's 6.2 feet away from people, they would have told us earlier on to wear two masks, right? I mean, I guess that would have saved saved more people. And it's tragic what's happened. I hate to even talk about this sometimes because this has taken lives of of Americans and people around the world. But the way that this is utilized, the way that this is this is pushed to manipulate the feelings and emotions and fears of the American average American is inexcusable. We shouldn't allow this to happen. Yes, COVID, there are things that we need to be uh, concerned with and mitigate. It is a much different world now, March of 2021, than it was in March of 2020. We've learned a lot. We've got multiple vaccines. The trends are down. People are talking about herd immunity, all these sorts of things. We've seen that, you know, the, the amount of the, the mortality rates have gone down and so forth. We've, we've learned how to treat it even um, once someone gets it. It's not just, you know, not just keeping people from getting it, but we've learned how to treat it better once someone actually has it. And yet the amount of the amount of things that happen 
the amount of ways that this is used to manipulate and to build off of the fears and uncertainties of the American people. That's a real thing, too. The economy is a real thing as well. I see Gavin Newsom, governor of the People's Republic of California, out there criticizing Governor Abbott, saying it's reckless in a tweet to do away with the mask mandate. Meanwhile, Gavin Newsom has done everything virtually in his power to destroy the livelihoods and businesses of the people in the great state of California. That's, by the way, Gavin Newsom, they're, they're getting enough signatures that it appears he may be recalled. There may be a recall vote on Gavin Newsom. Then we got Cuomo, right? All this stuff happening with Cuomo, 38% approval rating. The guy refuses to resign. Of course, that's not surprising. And he was hailed. Remember a year ago, he was hailed as the poster child for how you manage a pandemic. This guy was hailed as as the great one. In fact, he was they, they were actually hoping he would be the vice president, or even some thought, hey, maybe we could actually remove Biden as our as our candidate and put this guy in there. Oh, how quickly things change. Oh, how quickly things change, especially when people begin to get the rest of the story and all of the information. And that's usually the case, folks, on on liberalism and what they tell us is going to be the case. The more we learn, the more we learn the exact opposite is true. What they tell us is not the way that it works out. And I've got to take a break. Long in this segment, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. couple of things here before I want to shift gears into something else, but this is something we've kind of, I guess, I've touched on briefly, but there's two articles here I want to, I want to reference here. Again, Democrats tell us Trump's, Trump was, what, a, a dangerous uh, threat and menace to society. Trump was, you know, operating in, in darkness and all these sorts of things. Trump was just a bad just a bad apple. You couldn't trust what was going on in his administration. They're the ones, they say, that are transparent and right there for all the world to, to see. They want you to see exactly what's going on in their administration and in their Congress. They don't want to have a 600-page bill read before the, uh, the the Congress because they don't want the average person to know what's in that, in that, in that bill. But two other things about the Biden White House – Here's an article in the National Pulse that says, Dying in darkness, Biden still won't publish schedule, visitor logs, nor hold a presser. Deletes White House comments and petitions page. Written by Raheem Kassam. Um, that seems to be problematic, right? I mean, this was uh, this is supposed to be supposed to be an era of truth and transparency. In fact, Rashim Kassam writes this, six weeks into the Biden regime, Joe's professed commitment to truth and transparency continues to wane with the president of the United States failing to hold a press conference, refusing to publish his schedule, probably not wanting people to really see how little he's doing, hiding visitor logs from the public and deleting the White House pages for comments and public petitions. Cynics might say that democracy is currently dying in darkness. That's how Rashim uh, Kassam 
writes that or, or phrases that. What about what about this? This is the this is the Daily Wire. Biden administration will not allow reporters to tour child migrant detention facilities, citing COVID nineteen. Talked a little bit about COVID nineteen in this relief package earlier today, but did you see that according to research, science in other words, National Pulse also writing about this, one in twenty asylum seekers test positive for COVID at the US border. So Biden's all upset, calling Mississippi, Texas, Neanderthals for wanting to remove the mask mandates, even though people can still freely choose to do that, even though uh, you know there never was a hand washing mandate, people do that. Even though government doesn't hold all the solutions to our problems, in fact, government is usually the problem and the obstacle that prevents us from achieving solutions to our problems. Biden's all upset about that, isn't the least bit concerned about people coming across the border, which apparently have a 20% positive COVID uh, test rate. Nothing, no concern there. By the way, you also saw this tragic accident with this vehicle that was carrying, um, you know, folks who were illegally in this country. And many of them died in an auto accident. Did you, did you see that reports say that it came through a gap in the border wall, a 10-foot gap? It drove right through. Notice it went to the gap, and it didn't just drive through the wall. I know the left has a hard time with this, but walls work. In fact, I'm here in my home studio this morning, and for a yet another day, the walls worked. The walls served their purposes last night. I came down here. Nothing had walked through the walls. The walls are still in the same place, um, have the same footprint. They've kept the air from the inside the house, the, the climate here, separate from what's going on outside. Of course, with some added additional components like insulation and so forth. But nonetheless, the walls walls worked. And so you look at all these things and you realize you realize the left's not for transparency the left is for power the left is not for making sure that you know what's going on the left is about making you think making me think that believe that they care about transparency when they really want to use that as a political blunt force object to get done the will that they have the political will that they have to execute and to implement their ideology. So there you go. When I get back, I want to shift gears here, talk a little bit about about racism. And racism apparently begins even earlier than anyone in this audience dreamed possible. So we'll talk about that on the flip side of this this break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, this program is brought to you by Freegee and Freegee Auctions and Marketing. I paused because I wanted to swell. I'm going to say, I was going to say a friend of this program, but he's a personal friend of mine and he has been for a long time. Don't tell him I said that. It will go to his head. 
it will go to his head. He was my I played quarterback and he was center back in nineteen what ninety five. Yikes. Anyway. But they've been a longtime supporter of this program. They have an auction coming up here in what is it? Next weekend, March thirteenth, annual farm and construction auction. You can bid online. You can also bid in person. You can see, I mean, they've got golf carts. They've got tractors, other equipment, mowers, vehicles, tools, furniture, household items. Their annual farm and construction office, excuse me, auction, March 13th, 1 p.m. at their offices in Clayton, which is just west of Indianapolis on US 40. Or again, you can check them out online as well. Visit freegeauctioneers.com for more information. Freegee, F-R-E-I-J-E, auctioneers with an S.com. Freegeauctioneers.com. Check it out this coming, uh, well, March 13th, next weekend, 1 p.m. So you may have seen this uh, as well. (laughs) The things that we are subjected to, I'm looking here, article post-millennial. And the Arizona Department of Education, they have an equity toolkit, an equity toolkit. In this toolkit, there's some information, and it's a graphic that shows, I guess, a picture kind of of a child's, if you can envision a child going from infant or, excuse me, I guess newborn to whatever, crawler to a toddler to a young kid and all this. And it says they're not they're not too young to talk about race. They're not too young. Now you might think for a child to be old enough to talk about race, they have to have some degree of life experience. Not according to this. Not according to this. This says at birth, babies look equally at faces of all races. So that's good. So we're not born. See, this throws the whole I'm bad because I'm white thing out the window to me. Right? Because we're born not looking unequally at, at faces depending upon their, their race, according to this stupid graphic. But then it says this, at three months, for those of you parents out there, you got three-month-old rolling around or whatever they're doing at three months, probably just laying there, right? Laying there. I got three myself. It's been a while. They're a little bit older. But at three months, I think, I mean, they're not they're not to say you don't love them and they're not great. I'm not, but they're not. There's not a whole lot of. I mean, maybe they're smiling and that sort of thing, but they're not ready for some racial dialogue, <laughs> are they? According to this, they are because it says babies look more at faces that match the race of their caregivers. So I guess we should start talking with them at three months old. Anyway. Do kids even think that I, – I just – I have so many examples in my head of kids not even really thinking about race and so forth. It's something that we've really crammed down their throats. But I got to take a break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. folks that's unfortunately all the time that we have today but you have tuned into a place a place that is hosted by america's one and only realities are 
self-appointed here to help the Biden administration per the New York Times. But I appreciate you joining us. Be sure to download the podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the full the full episode of the program. Anything you may have missed if you listen on the, the radio, which is great as well. But just search The Todd Huff Show on your favorite podcast source. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.